If I think back to my teenage days, honestly, because of the poor choices I was making, I pictured long terms of incarceration, actually. Um, sometimes I have to pinch myself because uh, it's kind of hard to believe that I'm in that place that I'm at right now. Hey guys, this is Kyle Rawson, and you're listening to the Hometown Founder Podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are doing big things from small places. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Hometown Founder Podcast. I'm here with a good friend of mine and a neighbor, uh, my buddy Troy. Troy, uh, maybe just take like a quick 15 seconds and and tell uh, the Hometown Founder listeners uh, like a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Troy. Um, I was actually born and raised here in Rexburg, Idaho. My parents are Hispanics. They uh, immigrated here from Mexico. I, I'm a barber now. Yeah. Um, but uh, initially, that's not where I thought I was going to be. I think everybody goes through that. Yeah, which I'm actually super interested to hear because, like, you say you're a barber, but, like, to be fair, you're, like, the barber. There's not anybody... <laughs> With a good cut in Rexburg that doesn't go to go to Troy, like so. Your business is called Graffiti, right? Yep. Um, and you've got you, and you've got a few other things going on at Graffiti, right? Um, I would say mainly, mainly the, the haircuts. Yeah. Um, but I'm into sneakers. Oh yeah. So here and there we'll sl- we'll let a couple of nice sneakers slide on through and okay offer them out to the community. It's all exclusive gear, so I didn't know that. Yeah, Dude, you gotta let me know next time you got some got some J's, bro. Size, oh, yeah. size twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you've got you there. I've seen other. Uh, you've got a couple other people cutting the hair there with you, and like your wife works there mm-hmm. too, right? She does some stuff. Well, actually, I'm I'm gonna be straight up honest with you guys. Um, graffiti was actually born because of my wife. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Brandy, my wife, she actually started the place, Graffiti oh. Beauty Salon. No kidding. No kidding. I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. So um, a year after is when, I mean, I knew I, I wanted to cut hair before I even met Brandy mm-hmm. and just ended up happening that uh, um, when I attempted to do this, um, I didn't research it enough. So there was, I didn't find a school. Uh um, a year after she started, I ran into a school, and that's when the whole graffiti beauty and barber took place. Interesting. Yeah, we added the barbering. That's yeah. I didn't know. I was, I thought it started as a barber thing, and then you added the beauty stuff later. Beauty salon, then beauty and barber. That's cool, man. And so then now today, is it is it about fifty fifty? Are you mostly doing barber stuff with the occasional beauty things? Like, where's the what's the business like? I would say. Um, me and my wife are actually pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say both sides stays just as busy. Yeah. She actually has, I want to say, four chairs busy on her side. I used to have a total of three. Now we only have two, but we're working up to four right now. Oh, cool. And those those two stay busy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a regular, and I'm still four or five weeks out every time. <laughs> a regular VIP. That's right, dude. So, uh, from the business side of things, I mean, you're obviously an entrepreneur now. You own a business. Have you always been entrepreneurial, like when you were a kid and stuff? Honestly, um, no. 
Um, if I think back to my kid days and my teenage days, honestly, because of the poor choices I was making, I pictured long terms of incarceration, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, it wasn't till uh, I made a choice of switching things around about the age of 18 when um, I started to see that I was, I could actually do things, Yeah. you know, that I could actually learn and grow in things. I actually went and um, certified as a welder and that was probably one of the biggest accomplishments that I had ever felt. Yeah. Just becoming a certified welder. So, so like in, in childhood you were kind of run around um, maybe not making the best decisions and then something happened where like things kind of shifted or was it just like a gradual process? Like how'd you, how'd you change it around? Um, it was a little bit of a lot of things actually. Um, my influences changed a little bit. Um, had a girlfriend that, uh, thought a little bit differently than the people that I was hanging out with. Um, at that same time, I had a friend that was, uh, doing a voluntary service here for two years and, uh, we ended up becoming really good friends, and um, I wanted to be like him. Yeah. So I think it was a matter of different influences like that that uh, helped me wake up. I was like, whoa, like this is actually kind of cool what you guys are doing. Yeah. It looks awesome. Huh. And then so, so you went to – you got your welding certification around 18. Mm-hmm. And then uh, did you have like a career as a welder or – so yeah, um, when I got certified as a welder, um, I went and looked for a job, and like within a couple weeks, I remember getting hired as a as a welder. I maintenanced uh, the machines for Yellowstone Long Homes. Oh yeah, and actually that was a it was a huge thing for me because I learned something about myself that has been probably one of the key elements to my success. Mm which was that um, I'm more of a hands-on kind of person. Mm. You know, I learn quicker when it's more of a hands-on thing. Yeah. When I started welding, like, really quick, I caught on to it, and I was really, really good at it. Hmm. So it was just cool to, to learn that about myself because, you know, for me, for the longest time, I just kind of saw myself as a... Like a failure, I guess you could say. Hmm. And and that getting into welding and getting that job was that kind of the catalyst of starting to like feel good about yourself and realize like yeah. maybe I'm not a loser. Most definitely. Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't, I don't know all this. I mean, we're friends, and I know a little bit about you know kind of your past and stuff. But like, I know that you've helped other people who kind of felt like you felt when you were a kid and kind of shown them the light a little bit um from your own personal experience going from you know thinking you didn't have much of a future and that you were kind of a that you were struggling to then realizing that you did have a future like is that transition like the ultimate thing that got you to where you are now like like what was that like to go from that low to that kind of a that kind of a high it's actually uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to believe that I'm 
I'm in the place that I'm at right now yeah. with all that. Yeah. I still have to sometimes remind myself that I'm actually doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of mind-blowing to me, to be honest. Yeah. Because I just know you now. I mean, we've met uh, a couple years ago, right? And I mean, ever since I've known you, you know, successful business owner, house, cars, family, like you've got, you've got a good life, you know? I don't know what you were like when you were a kid. When you, when you like go back and see like your, your teachers in high school or like people that knew you back then and they kind of see how you're doing now, <laughs> do they just like completely freak out or what? It's actually awesome that you say this because um, I had a, a teacher that just walked in. Actually, he was doing laundry next to our place. And mm -hmm. he was one of the teachers that had, um, I would say, one of the biggest influences in high school with me. I felt that uh, a lot of my teachers gave up because of my stupid attitude and stuff at school. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the ones that didn't. And um, anyways, <laughs> I saw him walking into the laundry room and I, I was really excited. It had been at least... I'm guessing at least 15 years since I've seen this teacher. Mm -hmm. So I went outside and I'm like, um, his nickname was KT. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I don't even remember his first name. I know his last name is Thompson, mm -hmm. but we called him KT. So I went outside and I'm like, hey, KT. I'm like, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, I'm Troy. He's like, of course I remember you, Troy. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a barber here right next door. He's like, oh my goodness. Like he was just, he was amazed. So yeah. I'm like, come on, come on inside. Let me give you a little tour. Cause I was excited to show him that, you know, I had actually made something of myself. Yeah. Walks in, super excited. He's just, you know, sit like basically what he was saying is like, I, I can't believe it. Man. <laughs> like this is really cool to see yeah. where you are now. Yeah. And I got to imagine like for him, uh, maybe he felt like he was uh, part of one of those positive influences in your life. Like, right, to be able to see one of these kids who maybe he helped a little bit. You know, I don't know how he felt, but I hope he does feel like that he was somebody that influenced me positively. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times when I come up, well, when I um, – run into them I want them to feel that yeah that you did something for me that was more than amazing yeah man oh so let's get back to the story a little bit so because uh, we left off at you being a welder and you're not a welder today so where <laughs> where did you so that was 18 um how'd you get from uh being a welder to uh owning a successful barbershop um, so I did the whole welding thing. Um, after I did the whole welding thing, I it was actually in preparation for uh, a voluntary service that I did for two years in Chile. Um, and when I came back from that, I I knew that I wanted to do hair. Um, I had actually received one of my own very uh, one of my own nice haircuts. Mm -hmm from a Brazilian out there and I was blown away. Like I felt so good. I wanted to get my hair cut every week by him. Mm. Um, and I knew at that point that hair cutting is what I wanted to do. No, so you, so you got you got the bug or the passion 
got you while you were in Chile? Yeah. Oh. From from when I was a little kid, 13-ish, I liked to cut hair. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. I I mean, I didn't do anything cool, but um, I, I just liked it. Yeah. I would buzz my own head, and I would buzz my little siblings and stuff like that. But in Chile, when I um, received a, a nice haircut is when I was like, definitely this is this is what i want to do that's awesome so on return from from that um two years uh i knew i wanted to cut hair but i didn't research um the whole barbering industry yeah so i automatically assumed that there was only cosmetology schools and i didn't really want to do the cosmetology thing i wanted to i wanted to do straight razor shaves and yeah all that all that cool stuff and um, so I actually just went and started looking for a job. And um, in this, uh, I remember I was at job service here in town and um, I ran into a person that I knew and he asked me what I was doing there. I'm like, I'm just looking for a job. And he's like, well, why don't you go to school? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, um, I don't know if there's a school that's going to take me. <laughs> but... uh I guess, you know, yeah. You know, I really didn't think that I would ever be able to go to a college. Mhm. Because of some of some of my prior choices. Mhm. Um well anyways, he's like, "Listen, Troy, um I got some connections at, up at BYUI and uh if you want to, I'll I'll set you up with them." Mhm. Happened to be um name's Moises. Um he was up there and uh, it was kind of kind of humbling experience also because I didn't graduate normal high school. I didn't mm-hmm. really do the whole um, what's it called seminary thing. So mm-hmm. you know those are some of the requirements to to be able to go there. And because of some of the choices I had made, I, I'm like you know what this is kind of a waste of time. But I'm just gonna go and show them that I'm I'm down to do it. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, they pulled a committee together wrote an essay, showed them why I wanted to go to school, and they actually let me uh, let me go to school at BYUI. That's cool, man. Pursued a um, sociology slash social work degree. Started working at uh, um, Bonneville County Misdemeanor Adult Probation. Mm-hmm. And um, I, did, I did adult probation for a long time. I would say roughly 10 years or so. Okay. Was it the, like, what got you into that kind of a career? I mean, like, working with your hands with welding, and obviously now you're a barber. What got you to the to the social work stuff? Um, so, because I was a probationer, um, I, I, I liked that field also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when I saw that barbering wasn't really an option for me, because I didn't know of a school, I'm like, what's the next best thing for me? Um, so, I'm... I looked into into doing that. I actually went and sat down with my probation officer that I had. Oh, yeah. And that was actually a pretty cool experience also. Mm-hmm. Um, but after me telling him what I'd been up to and where I wanted to be in life, um, he's like, all right, Troy, use me as a reference. Go and check out three, these three spots. Bonneville County was one of them. Um, Bonneville County ended up offering me a position. And... Um, I didn't really want the adult pro, uh, position, I mean, but uh, yeah. I wanted to work with juveniles. Yeah. Because of the situation that I had been in right. as a teenager. Yeah. So um, 
after working for a while, a company called Juvenile Help Options learned about my I, where I wanted to where I wanted to work, the kind of work that I wanted to do. So they hired me to do a twelve week program with um, within the school districts in Idle Falls. Oh, cool! So then you did end up getting to help the on the juvenile side of of that too. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I did. I ran that program for about seven years. Oh, cool! It's called All Stars, and oh, yeah. it was through um, through Bonneville <clears throat> County um, Community Resources. Cool. And then, uh, so you ran it for seven years, and is that when you went full time with with uh, the barber stuff, or was there something in between? So, um, you know, I I was you know, in my mid twenties when I was doing that. And I kind of put a timer on myself Oh yeah. cause I'm like, all right, you know, I'm hanging out with eighth graders all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so eighth graders are going to think I'm, you're cool up until you start looking old. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, given more of an older vibe. So I'm like, Troy, you will be successful at this until you're around mid thirties. Yeah. So I'm like, by that point, you got to do something else, man. They're not, <laughs> you know, they're not trying to listen to you after that. Yeah. Yeah. I was really successful with them. They listened to me. I could relate with them. Yeah. So I don't know things, the way things are set up, like I, I, I don't know how, but, um, I, I ran that program. I was doing that program and, uh, you know, the whole recession was happening during that time. Mm. I had a 10 year contract with them and, um, my boss in 2013, I think finally she's like, listen, Troy. Um, so I would, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um, my, the program was through the school year. Mm-hmm. So during the summer I was kind of left without no hours. Mm. I was kind of like on a, on a teacher schedule. Yeah. So, um, in 2013 or wait a second. I'm I'm skipping way too far ahead. Okay. So um in 2010ish like my boss is already kind of telling me that the recession's happening, they mm. might have to make cuts and stuff like that. Anyways, um me and my wife were in Salt Lake during the these years and uh my we run into a barbering school there. Oh. Yeah. So that's actually when the barbering thing happened. Yeah. My wife had started this the the salon 2010 we're in salt lake um fall of 2010 and we run into that that barbering school so i'm like let's go get information about this Mm -hmm. and that's actually when that idea was born about me becoming a barber a licensed barber so um in that throughout the fall we basically um decided that the next go around after my program was done that summer, I was going to go and get licensed Oh, cool! as a, as a barber. Mm-hmm. Cause I had that, that summer break. Yeah. And is that all it takes that in three months you can get licensed? Um, for me, it was kind of a different situation. I, uh, I was able to, to talk the, the Dean of the school into letting me into this program and letting me finish in that amount of time because I had mm-hmm. to come back and teach that program. Yeah. So I crunched everything and and made it happen. 
I feel like I feel like Troy's ability to sweet talk people has been a common thread through this story. <laughs> getting into school, getting your getting your barber stuff finished in three months. That's all. so. Then did that just happen to coincide with the end of your contract, or did your contract end early? So, all right. So in 2011, I become a barber, and I become a barber not because I wanted another career. I actually became a barber because. My program ran basically school hours, 8, 9 to 3 o'clock. So mm. I'd get home and I'd chill. Mm. So I went through a year of just chilling and I'm like, all right, Troy, you're wasting a lot of time. Mm. Like you come home and you sit down and you garden. Yeah. <laughs> you mow your lawn like every other day, <laughs> which I loved. But I was like, you can be a little more, I guess, use your time a little a little more wisely yeah so um i started i that's that's the reason i i wanted to or go go get licenses so that i could use up my time a little bit better Mm -hmm. especially like my afternoons my my weekends um so i would do the program for two years i would do the program in the morning and any extra time any free time i would cut hair yeah so cutting hair was really like a hobby to me something so that I was using my time a little a little wise more wisely yeah and you just like get homies to do it or would you like advertise to everybody like do you have a shop was that at your house we actually already had the shop the shop was open oh, in that's 2000 right, your wife. the shop was open in 2010 by my wife it was a salon 2011 I go get licensed um so it was already there hmm. my wife already had clientele so when um when I finished up, um, when well, when I was getting done with the barbering program, you know, I'd come home on the weekends, and I remember one week, and I was actually cutting my my uh, brother-in-law's hair, mm-hmm. and it was it was like a Sunday night, the lights were on, and there was a person who was walking down the street who saw me cutting his hair, so that Monday I had to go back to school. That Monday, that person walked into my shop. He's like, last night I was walking down the street. I saw a guy cutting another guy's hair in here. I want that guy to cut my hair, whoever it was. Hmm. He was talking to my wife. My wife calls me up. He's like, hey, somebody just walked in and wants you to cut their hair. I was already in Boise. <laughs> <laughs> so he was actually one of my one of my first clients. His name's Je- uh, Justin. I still remember. We're actually good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but from it, it was actually really easy for me to get clientele. Because yeah. one, my wife had already had a, a semi-established business. Mm-hmm. So she basically um, told people that mm-hmm. I was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Justin that already had had barber experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, they it was easy for them to, to learn about me. And, um, you know, when you... Uh, so... My haircuts would advertise for for me. Yeah. So as soon as you know he walked out of my shop, he told a friend, mm-hmm. and from then on, it, it started growing a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. So because and it seems like, and you've done more research on this obviously than I have, but the <clears throat> that experience of a barber cutting your hair, it seemed like that wasn't really a. That wasn't as mainstream as it is now, back in like early two thousands or right. 
it, it seemed like you 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 caught you got in at just the right time. Yeah. It was it was <coughs> perfect perfect timing. Yeah. Because by the time it became mainstream, I was I was really good at what I what, yeah, you, know. you were already the guy by the time. Like, I mean, personally, me, like I, like, like a lot of people, I I got my hair cut at, at whatever the cheapest supercuts, whatever thing, right? <laughs> and then you'd see these people talk about like, like oh, I gotta go see my man so and so who's like his barber, right? I'm like, man, like get a haircut from a barber, like, that, that'd be kind of nice. Like, I'm gonna try that out. And like, and then every uh, everybody you ask. Like, hey, who should I who should I go see? Oh, you gotta go see my man Troy. You gotta go see my man Troy. It's like <laughs> like right like that that word of mouth worked like super well. Super well. Yeah. It has been my my uh, my guess my clientele is my best advertisement. Yeah. Makes sense. So. Um, so kind of, kind of tie up the loose ends on the story side of things. Then I want to talk a little bit about kind of like your strategy and a little more business stuff. Um, but is, so, so you had graffiti, uh, or you were cutting hair at graffiti, but not full time. You were, you were doing it on the afternoons and weekends and mm -hmm. stuff, right? What was the, what got you to do it full time? Like what switched you into full time barber mode? So, um, during my early barbering uh, days, I always wanted to, I don't know, get a little bit better. So there was things um, that were called barber battles. So I went to a barber battle, and it, this one barber ba battle, um, I happened to meet um, Curtis. He uh, is Usher's barber. Oh, <laughs> like... Usher, the famous singer, dancer, yeah, Usher. Yes, sir, Usher. Dang. Well, talking to Curtis, I remember in one of in one of the uh, uh, one of these trainings that he did, he's like, "All right, raise your hand if if you guys do multiple things other than barbering." So of course my hand was up. You know, I DJ'd a little bit on the side. Um, I did my groups, the classes that I taught, and I cut hair. So he's like, do you guys not trust that being a barber is going to, like, take care of you? Do you guys not see it as a career? And I didn't really think much of that at that point. Um, but like I said, like I was saying earlier, in 2013, my boss finally calls, gives me a call during the summer. She says, like, listen, Troy, uh, um, our funding's going to get cut. Hmm. So I am going to have to split your pay in half and they're also asking for you to volunteer a little bit more <laughs> so i was commuting tidal falls i'm like all right i already volunteer quite a bit i think yeah i'm like i can't have my pay split in half and volunteer more yeah they want me to volunteer 100 hours per trimester hmm. so i'm like that's tough that's a lot so anyways, she's like, we can, I can, we can still do that or you can basically quit. Well, when all that was happening, I remembered Curtis's um, comment about that. Like, do you not trust barbering to, to take care of you and your family? So at that point, literally, I remember to uh, like, just thinking about like, wow, this is going to be huge. Like, I'm super scared. 
to let go of this job. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to trust what Curtis said. Yeah. <laughs> and I told her right then and there, I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll just be done. And trust I just trusted in the barbering industry. So I took that a, a lot more serious. Yeah. It wasn't just a hobby anymore. It was a passion mm-hmm. that uh, became a, a career, you know? Yeah. So you take that plunge, trusting in Curtis. <laughs> And then, uh, so like how long after you went full time before your income from being a barber matched or matched what you were making, uh, with your other contract? Um, actually that summer I learned that, um, I was going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty quick. Yeah. To learn that I was going to be okay. Man, well, did you expect a it little, to be that fast? A little better than okay. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's like, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good right now. Doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we know Troy. Yeah, we know. Yeah, so, so like, I'm assuming you didn't expect it to happen that quickly. Not really. I was actually really scared, um, of what to, what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I said, you know, I. I took it. I took it serious. You know, I, I wanted to be really good at what I did, not necessarily to prove to anybody or anything. I just, it was a hobby to me that became. I I just became really passionate about it. Yeah. Um. I would literally live, eat, sleep, at hair. Yeah. Um. When I wasn't in the shop, I was I was learning how to how to do things a little bit better through either reading or watching videos or um i don't know asking questions over over social media to people that were doing what i wanted to do Uh how how important you think that is like in i mean not necessarily just in hair but in any entrepreneurial venture when you jump out and you you know you really want to go after it how important do you think it is to that people have enough passion for it that they do things like, yeah, you're not just doing eight to five where you're doing the work, but then the second you get home, you're learning how to be better at your craft and you're talking to people who are like, how important do you think that that mentality is? I would say that it's key to, to that, to your success. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, a lot of things will, in a lot of ways, um, specifically in this, it was obviously I needed to make money. You know, I had a family yeah. to take care of. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was more important to do a good job and to learn how to do a good job than the money part. Hmm. S- something I learned, um, and I can't even remember where I learned this. It might have been knocking doors. I did a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I learned that. Um, the money comes when you do things with, with love and passion and the money will follow. Yeah. So not necessarily really trying to do things because I was passionate about it. It just kind of happened that way for me because I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I learned pretty quick that, that the money did follow. Yeah. <laughs> 
So was was there a time uh, when maybe it was that summer when you realized that like not only were you gonna be okay, but like you realized that like oh, I, I can make a good living doing this. Like was there a a moment in time when you realized that? I think that's one of those things that I'm still kind of like. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Every day you're still realizing it. And I'm not even joking about that. Like, I'm like, okay, like you, you're doing good, Troy. Like uh-huh. it, this is really happening. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You think that ever goes away? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I get a the awesome opportunity of, ha- of of talking to a lot of people that, I would say you're so much more successful than me. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even really feel like I'm that successful in the huh. first place. Yeah. Um, and I I want to ask them. I will. I do ask them. Like, okay, when did you feel like su- that you had achieved and you were successful in yeah. that? And I feel like they give me the same answers. I'm like, no way. You've you've like look at you like you're amazing like look at everything that you've done already yeah every restaurant that you you own and mm-hmm. they say that same thing that that kind of what you say that I, they don't feel like that yet yeah huh that's interesting so maybe it never goes away i would say no yeah one of these days when our family is going on a trip to bora bora together <laughs> and you pay the whole thing then then we'll see troy <laughs> We'll see if you're feeling <laughs> successful by then, dude. Huh, that's interesting, man. I think you might be right because I'm with you. I talk to – we have a lot of clients that do that do pretty well and because and, I, I, I feel similar. Like I was as broke as I, anyone I've ever heard of like five years ago and I'm doing a lot better now, but I don't feel like I'm, like I'm there, like I've made it, you know? And I just thought it's because I haven't made it yet. But I talk to people who – like I've seen their bank statements, I know that they have made it, and they still don't feel like they're. I mean, they're grateful, of course, you know, and they're yeah. and and they're they're happy and they they feel fulfilled, but they they don't feel like a hundred percent secure. Like I, I don't know, I don't know what that feeling is, man. Yeah, maybe one day we'll figure it out. I feel like I'm at the beginning of something awesome. Yeah. And I feel like I'm at. I feel like I have found where I want, where I want to be, and where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, I would say, a success. Yeah, I think so. It makes me feel a little bit successful, I guess. Yeah. That like, shoot, you've, you know, where you want to be. Like, you're happy to be where you're at. Yeah. All that stuff is like okay. Like, it makes me feel like I made it. Yeah, but do I do I financially did I have I made it? I I don't think I'll ever feel like I have. Yeah, that's fair, dude. So we're kind of getting to the end of it of the the podcast now. I, I want to ask you because you have a unique perspective on on business. I mean, I, I think for the most part, every successful entrepreneur started kind of lower somewhere and then ended up higher somewhere, right? But the farther that gap is of the lower they started or the higher they climb, I feel like the the more valuable the story is to someone. 
because like for me when i see people who started with nothing and then they end up just i mean with amazing lives it makes me feel like okay like i'm starting a little bit higher than them and i'm not trying to get as high it's more like if they can go from here to here i can definitely go from here to here right Mm -hmm. and you got a cool story in that like uh, like parents of or your parents were immigrants you had a, a difficult childhood um but now like you've got you've got a great life um when you look back on that like if you could go back and talk to the 14 year old version of troy and tell him what your life is like now like would you wow. even believe it if i could do that that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love to be able to do that. I actually feel like I sorta, kinda do that with kids that I see are kinda in that trap that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I always try to influence somebody, people in my chair that I see could use a little bit of positive influence and for themselves. Yeah. So in a way, I feel like I kind of am talking to myself sometimes when somebody Mm -hmm. sits in my chair that is making similar choices that I was at that time. Yeah. And you feel like you can... I feel like what I... I'm telling them is what I wish I was somebody was telling me. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So you kinda you kinda have two careers. Not just a barber. I'm a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> TM Troy Gordo. Therapist. Um so one last thing, man. Um so whether it's a a fourteen year old kid making bad decisions or a 32-year-old dude with a steady job who wants to jump out on his own and try something. If, if somebody is at a point in their life that they don't want to be in, they want to, be, they want to elevate their life in some way, shape, or form. They want to be better, do better, have a better life. What's, uh, what's something that you'd say to that, that person? Um, shoot, I'm going to have to think about this and maybe write it down and share it. <laughs> with you later <laughs> e- email it to me man. <laughs> nothing sticks out as like uh like kind of your go-to or like like the thing that that got you from where you were to where you are now um i don't know i one of the things that i i you know i recall saying a few times to people that i see that are trying to you know get their their little business going or or whatever i'm like just do it because you love it man yeah. I'm like, whatever you do, do it with love. Do it to serve somebody. Do it because you're passionate about it. And like I said earlier, I feel like the money comes when you do things with that intention. Yeah. Do it with love. Do it for the passion, and the money will come. Yeah. Put that on the quote wall from <laughs> Troy the Barber. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming, Troy, and sharing your story, man. This is cool. I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. I'm more than thankful for the opportunity to be here. Dude, and I'll see you on Monday for fresh cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this, feel free to give us a rating on iTunes and subscribe to hear more stories from entrepreneurs who are starting businesses in small towns. See you later.